0: Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. I want to be very clear about this right off the very top. Because this is obviously going to get very ugly very fast. But I want to be very clear about this. Kind of like that ball game last night. It's going to get away from us very quickly. Like that ball game last night did the Chargers. I want to be very clear about who I am and what I'm about. I do not call for people's heads. I don't root, period. But I really do not root for anybody to lose their job, especially not people that have been great to the jungle. But really, when you get right down to it, it doesn't matter whether or not you're great to the jungle. I still don't like to crack open the mic and say, run that dude through the wood chipper. Even if you're not good at the jungle, I'm not about that life. I'm not here to take food off people's table. I'm not here to take money out of somebody's pocket. I'm not here to assassinate somebody's character and get them fired. It's not what I do. I don't need those clicks. I don't need that. And so I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that today. I'm not going to sit here and spend the entire day calling for Brandon Staley's firing, or ask, how has this guy not been fired yet? When is it going to happen? Do I have to do it myself? I'm not doing that. However, what I'm also not going to do is give you one single reason why he should still be the head coach of the Chargers. Because I can't think of one single reason why he should still be the head coach of the Chargers. Notice the distinction I'm making there. I guess what I'm saying in effect, if you're confused by that, what I'm saying in effect is this. If you're getting ready for work right now, I can't believe you're Brandon Staley. You're getting ready for work right now, I you're can't believe you're Brandon Staley. If you're getting ready
1: for work right now, I can't believe you're Brandon work if you're Staley. Ready for work right now, then
0: you're I'm not calling for his head. Now, I'm just saying Doug I can't believe that he's at work right now. 63-21? They seriously allowed 63 points to the Raiders. A team that was shut out five days ago. Five days ago, shut out. On the same field that they obliterated the Chargers on last night. Vegas scored no points on Sunday in one of the worst games in league history. Only to fire out and drop 21 on the Chargers in the first quarter. And 42 before heading into the locker room for intermission. And of course all while missing some of their most important players offensively, with a backup quarterback, and against the alleged defensive guru, Brandon Staley. Remember, that's why they hired him. Because of his defensive prowess. Oh, and because he knew Sean McVay. Look, I understand the Charger ownership does not break dudes off midseason. They've only done it once. never mind never mind i knew this it's so this is hilarious this is hilarious so i spend the entire morning formulating my thoughts i spend the entire morning thinking about how i want to go about this and i even said to tommy mid-morning dude dude i'm coming out in the open and i've got lots to say about this They best not fire him in the middle of the open. And what just happened? They fired him in the middle of the open. If you're
1: getting ready for work right now. In real time, that just happened.
0: They just fired the guy. He and Tom Telesco both. Absolutely incredible. (coughs) Shefty. On the X. Quote, following a historic loss to their division rival Raiders, the Chargers fired head coach Brandon Staley. The move that some expected after the Chargers playoff collapse in Jacksonville last January now has been made some 11 months later. Rap sheet also in on it. Quote, the hashtag Chargers are cleaning house after last night's disaster. Firing coach Brandon Staley and longtime GM Tom Telesco, sources say, this is so funny. I mean, that's not funny. Somebody losing their job's not funny. But what's funny is I was in mid-sentence saying, Charger ownership does not break dudes off mid-season. Laugh out loud. They've only done it once. Remember Kevin Gilbride back in the day? They generally do not do this. They never do this. They've only done it once. So hence my question and statement, if you're getting ready for work right now, I can't believe you're Brandon you're Staley. Right well, now, you're you're he's not. Listen, right you, you get right down to it. Not only is it <laughs> not only is it not surprising, even for a franchise that doesn't do it, that's how catastrophic that was last night. That's how embarrassing that was last night. That's how humiliating that was last night. My man is probably lucky, even though they never fire guys mid season. He's lucky they didn't fire him mid-game because they probably should have. He's lucky they even let him come out and coach the second half. Like, fired at halftime is generally a cliche. It's just something people say that they think is kind of funny. But it really should have happened. He's lucky it didn't happen. There's not a single person watching that game last night who would have had any issue if it did happen. In fact, most people watching that game last night probably had a problem that it didn't happen. That game was 63-7 to with most of the fourth quarter left. That was more, and this is why they went the extreme route. And again, for the Chargers, it is extreme to fire a guy before the end of the year. <clears throat> that was more than a curb stomping. And the GM, by the way, Tom Telesco, who built a pretty nice roster, had been there for a decade. Reason being, that was more than just a beatdown. That was more than just a curb stomping. That was more than just a massacre. That was an all-time no-show. That was maybe the best example ever of a team losing all hope and completely abandoning their head coach. Yes, it's harsh, but there's no other way to describe it. How else do you describe a team coming out and falling behind 42 nothing to a team that didn't score last week, to a team that, along with them, was in last place, to a team that was missing star players, to a team that had a backup quarterback. I mean, even Brandon Staley has to understand that, right? Remember when he was asked the question a few weeks back, hey, Brandon, has the team abandoned you? Do you think you've lost the team? He was pretty firm in saying, no, no, I have not. If we were getting blown out, that would be one thing, but that's not what's happening.
2: You still feel like your messaging is hitting to people, to the members of this team and still coming across? Yeah,
0: otherwise you'd get blown out of the stadium, you know, in one of these games. You'd get blown out of the stadium, and that hasn't happened. It has now. Your team got blown out of the stadium, and then you got blown out of the stadium this morning and started your boss. My man, you got blown right out of the league, practically. I'm not saying there's not a place for him in the league. But he's not going to be a head coach again anytime soon. Again, I'm not looking to pile on Brandon. I like Brandon. I like him as a guy a lot. I don't like him as a head coach very much, but I like him as a guy a lot. That whole thing about, no, 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 we're fine. We have not been blown out of the stadium. Well, you have now. In fact, blown out of the stadium might not be strong enough. I'm talking about vaporized, eviscerated out of existence. And again, you know it's bad that they did you in the gym this morning because it was humiliating. Humiliating to everybody involved, including ownership. Humiliating to everybody involved, including ownership. And in fact, humiliating to everybody not involved. I had nothing to do with it, and I'm humiliated. I didn't want to show my face in public today, and I've got nothing to do with it at all. So who's to blame here? Maybe it's not all on the head coach. Maybe some of the blame has to be placed on whoever is calling that horrific defense. You know, the same defense that allowed 63 points to the Raiders four days ago after they got shut the hell out. I mean, who in the world is calling that Charger defense anyway? You can stop asking that question, okay? I'm going to be calling the defenses, okay? So we're clear. So you don't have to ask that again. Mm. All right. Not anymore, you're not. So it's getting cold again, and I've got a tremendous way to stay warm. Two words heat holders. Heat holders. Heat Holders make the warmest thermal socks around. They keep your feet warmer than just ordinary socks in the coldest conditions. Perfect for those winter sports like skiing or weekend in the coldest parts of Wisconsin, for instance. How do they do it? Heat Holders uses a three-stage process with a cashmere-like advanced insulating yarn that is soft to the touch and brushed on the inside that traps warm air closer to your skin it keeps your feet warmer comfortable and dry they are absolutely the softest most comfortable socks i've ever worn guaranteed they also have hats gloves throws scarves and more Give somebody heat holders for the holidays that you know need these badly. They will appreciate the hookup and your discovery. Go to heatholders.com, enter my code ROME, R O M E, and save 15% off your order. Receive free shipping with a purchase of $25 or more. If you don't want to freeze this winter, go to heatholders.com and use the code ROME once again. That's heatholders.com. Heat holders, making life warm. get it, dude. I get it. Hey, listen, I I was trying to help you out here because I like you. I was trying to help find a scapegoat. I was trying to help find a fall guy, you got my guy, fall guy. But you yeah. are the fall guy. You're your own fall guy. And you hit the ground this morning. Me the ground. I don't know. I mean, I just keep going back to the last few weeks. This guy could not have been any more clear about it. I am the one calling the defense. Stop asking the question. That's my defense. I'm the one calling the defense. All the more ironic that he was hired as a defensive guru. And with even talent on that side of the ball, they have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Coming off last night, one of the worst defensive efforts in the history of the NFL. That's why he's not getting ready for work this morning. Again, I don't like like doing it. I don't like doing it. I don't want to pile on. I was hoping that that did not happen during the show because I was actually trying to maintain a certain tone. But it happened during the show. It happened during the open. its I'm not saying it's funny. It's just funny that the first thing I said to Tommy this morning when he and I were talking about this, I'm like, just don't whack this guy in the middle of the open. And then they whack this guy in the middle of the open. It's almost like they knew. This is what happens. One more more point that I want to make about this. You have a team that lays down like that, and then the media goes to the team and says, hey, listen, have you given up on your head coach? Have you given up on your head coach? And then you've got certain members of the team that are saying, oh, hell no. Oh, no, that's our guy. That's our guy. Believe me, I don't want to get on or go in on Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack is still an incredible player. Even at 32, Khalil Mack is one of the only guys who's held up his end of the deal for this team this year. I'm in no way knocking Khalil at all. But I want to be clear about this. In no way can I get with this nonsense. When Khalil was asked about whether or not they still believe in Brandon Staley after that beatdown, Khalil tried to shovel this.
1: You talking about believing in the coach? Of course we believe in him um, and he believes in us this can't be a disconnect um, when you love the on the way that i do and uh yeah we just, just gotta uh you gotta perform a lot better um this wasn't this is embarrassing this, this, this was probably one of the the, the nastiest ugliest losses uh, of my career
0: my man hall of famer great player There's no probably or maybe about that. That was one of the nastiest, ugly losses of anybody's career. One of the nastiest, ugliest losses anybody's ever seen. And respect, dude. I know that you weren't looking to bury the guy. But why are you acting confused that anybody's asking whether or not you still believe in your coach? And what are you saying when you say, are you asking me if I believe in the coach? Of course I believe in the coach. Of course you believe in the coach. The reason people are asking is because almost none of you showed up last night. Nobody can tell. The reason they're asking if you still believe in the coach is because virtually the entire team decided to nap it out, right at kickoff. And then they woke up just in time to take a collective dump in their pants yeah, for the entire game. In their pants. Of course you believe in the coach. Y'all didn't play like it. Y'all didn't look like it. Y'all look like you'd rather be doing something or be anywhere other than where you were. I mean, I have never seen dudes look so miserable and Pouty on the sideline last night. They made the Steelers' sideline seem energized and motivated and focused by comparison. Again, I'm not looking to make this about Cleo Mack. It's about the entire team. The entire team clearly stopped playing for their coach, and that's why the coach and the GM just got fired. And in fairness to you, Raider Nation, you had something to do with it too. Vegas saw and smelled some blood in the water, and then they went on an absolute feeding frenzy. I mean, there's nothing like the smell of blood and napalm in the autumn wind. The Raiders vaporized the boats last night. It might even be enough to bring Raider Mike out of the woodwork. They eviscerated the boats last night, and then the (coughs) autumn wind blew that vapor off into the desert that's what's really meant by getting blown out of the stadium i mean i i gotta be honest i love that they took zero mercy on these dudes i love that antonio pierce went into halftime with the mentality quote press the gas pedal even harder when they were already up 42 nothing What I'm saying is I love the way the Raiders showed up last night as much as I hate the way the Chargers showed up last night. That was the very definition of a nice, swift, ass-kicking. Nice,
1: swift, ass-kicking.
0: You know why I love that? Remember when James Kelly and I talked about this yesterday, and I was kind of going on and on about how, man, it's not like it used to be. Back when I got my big break on 690 a.m., Whenever the Raiders and Chargers got together, it was hell week. And for four hours, every single show, five days a week, that week, all we did was talk about the Raiders and the Chargers and the rivalry and how much they hate each other and how much the fans hate each other and the ears that were getting bitten off in bars. And then I said, that's all dead. That's all dead. Apparently not. Not if the Raiders were still pouring it on running trick plays, and the head coach saying, man, you put that pedal to the metal, it's only 42-0. So, with that in mind, none of this brings me any pleasure, honestly. I'm not looking to get guys fired, but I'm not surprised that they fired that guy. He had to go. He had to go. So, now the only question is, who gets the gig? You can stop asking that question. We can we can stop asking the question. It's done. They fired him. Tom Telesco, slightly surprising, not terribly. I'm. Um, they're cleaning house effectively. Unless, unless the Spanos think, uh, you know, we should go get the uh, mumbler, the mumbler, I know or GM. I know a GM had a coach. Uh, I know a GM was also head coach. You know, if we want to get that guy, he's going to want to have a lot of authority and autonomy. And, uh, you know, first we got to convince him to get closer and move closer to being near radio man. I think that's our first obstacle. I mean, so what? Was it so embarrassing that you had a clean house? Or are you setting it up because you want to take a run at the old man? And the old man is going to want his old to say, I don't know. I don't know. I know this. It's a pretty damn good job. It's a pretty damn good job because you got a pretty damn good quarterback. And not everybody does. Today's Friday. Today is Friday. It's Saturday, Junior. What is your reaction? 1-800-636-8686. Again, my final thoughts on Brandon Staley. Good dude. Good dude. I like him. Got a shot. Didn't get it done had to go. I was not going to call for his head, but I was going to say, I can't give you a single reason why he should keep his head (laughs) or keep his gig. And now he's gone. Apparently, the Spanos family also could not come up with a single reason. Hey, listen, can you imagine being them sitting in that box last night on national television and having to endure that and having everybody clown the hell out of them? He would have made it to the end of the season And then they would have fired him as long as something completely catastrophic and humiliating didn't happen. I believe that because I don't think they want to make that move in season. He left them no choice. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved for only a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everybody feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. We are joined right now by Billy Walters. Billy, it's great to have you on the show. How are you?
1: I'm fine, Jim. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, and first things first, happy holidays.
0: Happy holidays, Billy. It's great to hear your voice, and it's great to have you on the show. And listen, I knew that when you crushed it on my podcast, I had to get you on The Daily Show as well. I want to talk to you about your book and a number of things, but just one topical thing. Bill. you understand trends as well as anybody. Can you explain to me, and I understand it's matchups, I understand it's defenses, but can you explain how a team can score no points four days earlier and then come out in an NFL game and drop 42 on the opposition in the first half less than a week later in the same stadium
1: well Jim this is a situation you can't go to a slide rule for this you know the team they scored to the 42 on it completely given up uh and you know team morale uh that's one of the things that you're not going to be able to find in any kind of algorithm or slide rule When you know when a team gives up uh it uh all, all that stuff goes out the window so that would be my only explanation. The team had completely given up. I think I think Dean Spanos finally saw what everybody else had seen for a period of time and realized that, and today, you know, he finally cleaned house. But the team had completely given up. I mean, that, that that's exactly what had happened. Nothing more, nothing less.
0: Billy Walter is joining us. There is no algorithm for a team that gives up. Listen, as I mentioned, I thought you did so well in the podcast when we talked about your book, which dropped, and I wanted to bring you back on. In fact, Billy, about the book – Everybody I know that likes this space, that has read the book, loved the book, myself included, what kind of feedback have you received for your book?
1: It's been extremely positive, Jim. And, uh, the, you know, everyone kind of expected it was going to be a story about, you know, gambling and sports betting and, you know, how I did what I, what I did and what I do. And, and that is a large part of it. But, but we've got a response back from, you know, another audience outside of gambling you know, the human interest side of it, uh, and especially, you know, a, a, a lot of women have really enjoyed the book also. So it, it's had a, you know, a broad appeal, uh, Canada, uh, England, uh, Ireland, uh, not not only in the U.S., It's it's been well-received. And I'm I'm very thankful and very proud of that.
0: We're talking to Billy Walters. Billy, I'm going to ask you about the gambling aspect in a minute, but let me follow up on what you just said. The female reaction. What has the female reaction been like? What have you heard from female readers?
1: Well, what I've heard from Simon Schuster, our publisher, is uh, the, the, the female readers have really gravitated to it because of the human interest side of the book. I've been married for 47 years to just an incredible... Wife, uh, life partner. You know, I went to federal prison. Uh, You know the struggles we, you know, that we both went through with with that, and and then of course, uh, you know, my early childhood and early adulthood. There were a lot of things there. Uh, As you know, Jim, you read the book. It's not a vanity book. I, I wrote the book for a number of reasons. I wrote the book to. To help people, uh, because as a as a young person, I went through a lot of difficulties in life myself with addiction, with you know, I had issues with alcohol, with gambling. I I was addicted to to gambling at one time, and uh, the uh, so I went through a lot of things, you know, uh, and I shared every one of those things in the book for that reason, and then. And then I decided to put everything that I knew in the book about sports betting, and the things that I put in a book about sports betting. Believe it or not, it also appealed to a lot of females because you got a lot of you got a women, a lot of females out there who bet on sports, and but 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 you have a lot of, a lot a lot of them out there that primarily are watching sporting events with their husbands, and it gives them it, it has given them a lot more of an insight about some of the things that go into the outcome of sporting events. Uh, Weather, travel, a, a lot of things that you know that they hadn't previously considered. So now, you know they've read this, they they have this information. They feel like they understand the game a lot better, and and it gives them some insight as to you know what why these games, why there's certain outcomes to certain games. So that's generally what the publishers have came back with. But it's, it's been it's been it's been it's been appealing, more more so appealing to we'll say to to females and than what they'd originally thought when we published
0: the book. I like it. We're talking to Billy Walters. So, Billy, with the proliferation of gambling and legalization, you've got a lot more people doing it now than maybe did not do it before. In the book, you offer what you describe as a master's class and an advanced master's class in sports betting. Why don't we just take a moment or two and talk about some of the fundamentals. What are common mistakes that bettors make in the areas of, say, money management and discipline?
1: Well, as I wrote in the book, Jim, you know, those are all things that I failed at myself as a young sports bettor. And when I saw the majority of the states uh, now have legalized gambling and I, I saw all of these millions of new sports bettors that were getting involved, I thought to myself, well, you know, they're going to be susceptible to the same things that I experienced. And <clears throat> bottom line is, you know, you, you have to have a money management system. And and, and and in order to have any kind of chance of, Winning betting sports. The reason I put the basic strategy in there is you have mul- you, you you have to have multiple places to be able to 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 bet because in order to, to bet and have any kind of chance you you have to get the best prices and then you have to have a strategy about when to bet. Okay, if you've got a certain team you're going to bet on, you know why should I bet on this game on this team earlier? Why should I wait to bet on them late? Well. I put all of that information in there, too. It's, it's sort of the basic strategy. and Once you read that, anyone can follow that and understand it, and it'll give you a really good insight into, into when to make your bets. And then the other thing that I put in there is, okay, the, the fair price is, if you're going to buy half a point, this is what you can pay. If it's more than that, don't buy it. Keep the point you have. I've also put in there, you know, money line comparisons to point spreads. Sometimes you're better off playing a money line than you are a point spread, but... You know, up until we wrote the book, and until you know, I put that you know, people really didn't have an idea how how to compare those things. So there's basic tools in there now for you to be able to look at and decide. Okay, maybe this game here I want to bet on it early, and then but more importantly, this is why you want to bet on it earlier. This is why you want to wait and bet on a game late, and and then you need multiple places because. You know, there, there's, a, there's a company called Spank Odds, and, and they have real-time line information from basically every sports book in the United States and around the world. And what, you, what you'll see at any given time, Jim, on any game, you're going to see probably five different lines, uh, at least five different lines on any game. I mean, and, it, and throughout any kind of period of time, it makes an enormous difference in regards to whether you win or lose. As far as a betting strategy is concerned, you know, you've got, it's, it's like any kind of a business plan or game plan, so to speak, Jim. You know, on Sunday, when you get around, if you decide there's three games that you like and you're going to bet on, don't bet on any more than those three. And, and you, you're going to have bad Sundays. Maybe you lose all three of them. But whatever you do, don't double down on Sunday night and say, I'm going to bet on this game and I'm going to get even. And you've you really got no, no opinion about the game or a Monday night game. So, and the other thing, and the most important thing, that and the thing that concerns me the most about the new betters, <clears throat> people get involved in, in, in betting sports. It's like, it's like a lot of things, and and we all, you know, some people have addictive personalities more so than others, and and uh, but betting sports can become highly addictive, and. Uh, the, if you set aside X number of dollars and you say, look, I'm going to bet on sports. This is a recreation to me. It's a lot of fun. I'm probably going to lose my money, but I can afford to lose this. It's great, man. There's nothing better than betting on sports. But if you get involved and you think, well, I'm going to get rich quick here with this, and next thing you know you've lost money that you couldn't really afford to lose, and, and then you double up, you're going to catch up. and you know, And I know how the story goes because I went through it and you tell yourself, well, as soon as I get even, I'm going to quit. Well, bottom line is you never get even. Or if you do get even, now you're extremely confident that you're going to win and you get yourself even in more trouble. Avoid that. Whatever you do, avoid that at all costs. And bet on sports, set aside whatever you can afford to, to lose, and and go for it and have some fun. But also give yourself a, a fighting chance to win. If you've got one sports book and you're only taking – that as as your one source to, to make your bets and you're getting one price, or if you're betting teasers and parlays at today's prices, you have no chance of winning. So as long as you understand that, and that's fine. But if you want to give yourself any chance of all of winning, you need multiple sports books. You need a service like a spank odds that you can go up and see what the what the prices are so you can compare them, get the best prices, and then and – then you know have a money money a money management strategy set aside whatever that amount of money is that you're going to use for sports betting and never risk any more than 3% of it on any one bet
0: Like I said, an absolute masterclass. That That right there was a primer for anybody getting started. Billy Walters just covered about 10 things with that answer right there. U.S. Cellular wants to help everybody get the gift of connection this holiday season. Already a customer? This applies to you too because right now, new and current customers can get any phone and I mean any phone for free. Yes, really free. Sounds like it's time to make the switch. Spread holiday cheer far and wide this season with a new phone. Every Everybody can get the gift of connection at U.S. Cellular. Get any phone free today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. Billy, one thing quickly. You mentioned parlays. I'm curious, where do you come out on the risk versus the reward of getting down on a parlay?
1: Well, Jim, (coughs) years ago, what had happened, the, the odds on parlays were a lot better, and the odds on teasers were a lot better because there was a lot more competition uh, for your business. Today, essentially, what's happened is we've almost created a monopoly. You've got about four, five, six companies that control all the sports betting. You've got all these new sports betters who really don't know what the fair odds are. So these companies, what they've done, they've really increased the, the prices on parlays and teasers. People as a rule are under the impression that all your sports bets you're laying eleven to win ten, a dollar ten to win a dollar. Well, what they don't realize is with parlays and teasers the way they are today and the prices that the these sports books are charging, in many and most cases, on two team parlays you're laying a dollar thirty to a dollar. You're not laying a dollar ten to a dollar, you're laying a dollar thirty. In some cases as much as a dollar thirty five. You have no chance to win. I mean at eleven to ten you've gotta win fifty two point three eight percent of your bets to break even. At a dollar thirty, you I mean, like I say, you got no chance to win. I mean it's I understand people who bet parlays and teasers, I mean especially parlays. I mean if you bet a small amount of money and you get a larger return, that's fun for anyone. But at the end of the day, if you don't understand what the fair prices are and you don't shop around and get the fair prices, uh You know, betting parlays and teasers, you literally have no chance.
0: So, Billy, very clearly, I mean, it it may be fun, you may enjoy it, but you have always treated this as a business, the business that it is. For those who don't know, back in the day, you were credited with revolutionizing sports betting strategy by embracing algorithms. We talked about that. Data analysis as well. That became all part of known or part of something known as the computer group. I'm not sure you'll tell me everything about this, but I'm curious, how big was that operation and what were the various roles that people had within the operation?
1: Well, actually, the brainchild of the computer group was a guy named Michael Kent, and uh, Mike was from Pittsburgh. He worked for Westinghouse. Uh, he was actually <clears throat> doing some work uh, with them in the in the development of a nuclear submarine. So that gives you an idea of how smart, how bright he really was. Mike Mike wrote the first computer software program to handicap sports with. Uh, I was handicapping sports at the time, but like everybody else, I had a pencil and piece of paper. But uh, <clears throat> I knew a lot about Sports betting, uh, betting strategy—the things that you and I've just gone over—you know—that's something that I'm really, really good at. And so, I got involved with him in and a group of people in the late '70s. By the mid '80s, everyone of the in, everyone in the group was gone except he and I. And we continued to have a we continued our partnership until the early 2000s. <clears throat> During that period of time, I hired another six Michael Kent, so to speak, of know like backgrounds and uh <clears throat> you know so i got seven different pieces of independent information and compared those things together and that's kind of how i did what i did but the computer group was the first of its kind michael kent was a brainchild everyone else was there but basically it's just, just to support him you know they did uh you know they did the betting they they moved the money uh but michael was the he was a sole handicapper uh he was the guy that put the entire software program together, and uh, everyone else was kind of there in a the support role. I basically you know, did. Initially, I was assisting some guys in New York, but shortly thereafter, uh, I ended up basically making all the bets, decided when to make the bets, how much to bet, where to make the bets. Uh, I, I ran that entire side of it, and then over the period of years, uh, Mike become one of my best friends and as I said I realized in the mid-80s Jim that even though he had a significant advantage uh, it was eroding daily and eventually it was going to go away so that's when I started hiring other Mike Kent types and none, none of those guys knew each other the only person he knew was me and and the only person he communicated with was me so all the information i got was independent information but i had seven different pieces of in- independent information from some extremely smart people and uh so i took i took a consensus of that and then i decided what i was going to do based upon that And that's that's what i continue to do today
0: okay i was going to say billy before you go i was going to say are you still running something like that today <laughs> you know today's iteration thereof do you still have an operation are you still running something similar to that
1: I am, Jim. When I got out of prison in 2020, it took me a year. I had to go back and get everything updated. But uh, uh, I still do college football. I do pro football. And uh, but, but, Jim, I spend, you know, now I'm spending probably a million, million and a half dollars a year in R&D. But I still have a couple guys that, uh, that I've had. One guy graduated number one in his class at Caltech. He's been with me for 30 years. Another guy was a... Uh, was a chair of an economics department in a major university. He's been with me for 30 years. So, our, you know, my team is basically intact. Uh, and, but, but, again, all I'm doing is college football and pro football, and I'm primarily doing it because, look, I love sports. Uh, I, I, you know, I still beat it. If I didn't beat it, I would quit. Uh, but I don't do it to earn a, earn a living anymore, although I do fine with it. Don't misunderstand me. But, uh, but, yeah, and I'll do sports, Jim, as long as I'm alive. I love sports. I, I, I mean, I have as much passion for, for, for sports and sports betting as I did when I began.
0: Yeah, Billy, leave me with this thought. You did not have to write that book, and a number of years back, you certainly would not have written that book, and the book did sensationally well. But as you point out, it's not just the gambling aspect or the betting aspect, but it's the story. It's the story of your life. I don't think you could get your entire life into a single volume. Have you started to write the sequel yet?
1: <laughs> no, actually, I actually haven't, Jim. I worked three years on writing that book, and I, and I got to tell you, it was uh, it was. Very fulfilling, but I tell you, a lot a lot of work and uh, uh there's some others that are working on, you know, talking about other aspects of my life and, and maybe expanding the book a little bit a little bit outside of the book. But I haven't thought about writing a sequel but uh but anyway, the uh Maybe that's something I should
0: think about. I got you. Think about that or the subsequent documentary or movie or show or anything else that may already be in the works. The book, if you have not read the book, is a great, great read. A lot more where that came from. Gambler, Secrets from a Life of Risk. It is an incredible read. It's available right now. Billy, I knew we had to come together again. Great to have you on the show. Appreciate you and the insight. Always good to talk to you, Billy. Thanks so much.
1: Jim, thanks for having me. And again, happy holidays to you. Happy holidays, Billy. Great
0: talking to you. Merry Christmas, Billy Walters. I think you need to understand (laughs) who that is. That is the greatest gambler ever, a legendary gambler and fascinating. You know, if you're about that life, everybody I know that likes that space, that's interested in that space, thinks that that book is like the greatest book. And when you listen to him, you understand why that's fascinating. Now, if you don't like gambling or betting, you might be less interested. But to his point, His life is fascinating. It's not just about the gambling. It's not just about the algorithms. His life, you know, he grew up, we didn't get into this. I spent a lot more time on this when I had more runway on the podcast, but he grew up in rural Kentucky, and he talks about how he got into gambling. He talks about his first bet. He talks about how he used to hustle at pool halls back in the day and how he got into this life. He just said this on this show, you know, he spent time in federal prison. He dealt with addiction, a gambling addiction. But I thought it was absolutely fascinating the way he laid out how he built that operation, who was a part of the operation, and the fact that he's still running an operation. All right, your reaction to that? Billy Walters joining us on the program. I know the head will have a reaction to that. He loves him. Porter Mosier is going to join me at 11.20. And the big head at 11 o'clock straight up. Again, the big story. And how about Billy? Billy... I knew going in, Billy was not going to come on the show to, quote, pick games. He's not doing that for us. But I knew that he could speak to trends. And when I said, how do you explain what happened last night? How do you explain a team that scored zero points in one of the worst games ever coming out and scoring 42 in the first half four days later? Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Probably so. Listen, this time, don't make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Grab instead a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. That's my go-to. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender and it's made from real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. Plus, Old Trapper is a family-owned business. I know this family. And I know they take smoked beef extremely seriously so you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried rough beef in a bag nobody it's like eating an old shoe old trapper though is the real deal and it comes in four amazing flavors old-fashioned teriyaki peppered and hot and spicy so the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime anywhere grab some old trapper beef jerky look for it in the clear view bag look for it in major retail stores near you if you don't see it just ask for it by name because no other jerky compares old trapper what's your beef We've got a big head bet segment. We actually do this three times a week. We do it on Monday, we do it on Thursday, and we do it on Friday. Friday's the big one where we pick five games. First off, head, let me get your reaction to your guy, Billy Walters. I know you love him. I have to think you love that conversation. What's your reaction to what you heard today?
2: Loved it, man. Trying to piece everything together that he says. Um, There's a lot of inside gambling knowledge that a lot of people are not aware of, but a lot of people who are. So each time I hear him, I'm trying to piece stuff together, man.
0: He only gives us like he gives us a little bit of a Ah, bite, right? He won't let us in completely. And why would he?
2: Right. And his book expands upon it more, but there's still a little bit more that I need to know. But uh, good stuff for sure.
0: Great stuff. All right. Mm -hmm. So let me start off by saying, aside from that, personally speaking, Mm Head, I have good news and I have bad news. The good news is I did nail my Raiders pick last night. The bad news, I forgot to bet. I forgot to get down. What a kick in the stick. It is so hard to win. Billy would tell you that. When you have a winner and you forget to get down, I mean, bleat me, do you ever do that?
2: Yeah, kicking the eastern stick, that is, right? Uh, of course I do that. It happens to us all. Um, you get busy and then you forget to do it. You want a different number, so you wait and then you forget and then bam. Thank you. They show up that big. I don't know if you win by like 60 points, but you know, a win's yeah, a, win. a win. Yeah, a
0: win's a win. And there would have been money, but I forgot. All right, so just commiserating. Okay. Why don't we do what we do? Let's get that into it. Per usual, five Mm -hmm. games, A-T-S. Let's Let's start with the Chiefs at New England. The Chiefs have dropped back-to-back games. Their lead is down to only one game in the AFC. And the Pats did show some limited life playing last Mm -hmm. week. What is the number? What are you doing with that game?
2: The Chiefs are eight-point favorites in uh, Foxborough here. Uh, Look, we all know it. The Chiefs That have didn't not, take long, did it? That did not take long Josh at all. Josh Allen, Jim. J- oh, shit, yes. We will talk about Josh Allen a couple times here, but the Chiefs have not been the same since Taylor Ono showed up. But I'm still taking the uh, Chiefs and laying the eight points here. Right there. You don't want that
0: Ono Nation on your ass, dude. I
2: know. It's a joke, people. But she, uh, you know, she hasn't ruined anything. The re- receivers have. They uh, could not catch before she showed up. Actually, they could catch before she showed up. So maybe she did ruin some stuff here. Anyways.
0: Make up your mind, dude.
2: Okay. I'm taking KC because of their defense anyways. It doesn't matter. Last week, they fell behind 14 to nothing against Buffalo early in the second. And from there forward, Spags out-coached Joe Brady. They ended up holding Josh Allen's 0-2 field goals after that. And they Josh now get an Allen. offense that averages an NFL-worst 13 points per game in Bob's Patriots. And after Kadarius happened last week, a team will either come together or fall apart and the last time I checked the Chiefs were coached by Andy Reid and not Brandon Staley let's hope that happens so let's go with Mahomes in the non-Yoko Ono Chiefs Chief Chiefs minus
0: eight wait dude how badly do you want to pile on your guy Brandon Staley you've been on him for so long
2: so long they just need to go hire Jed Fish right now and I'll be happy
0: is that the answer that's the
2: answer but nobody knows it but you know they'll mess up so. you did
0: you love that guy
2: I love him his resume is impeccable jim sell it sell it it,
0: it. dude you this is the thing that separates you you have these theories that (laughs) that i'm like wait really and then they come to fruition why is jed fish the guy
2: his resume it's incredible spurrier hood harbaugh sean mcveigh and of course lobster senior he's um you're like my man steve smith is is, is
0: there a test coming after this
2: no no not a test gary kubiak No, no, no. Yeah.
0: All right. Got it. So let me ask you this. The Chiefs, Mm -hmm. I mean, they need to get their asses in gear, right? Mahomes, I thought, lost his mind and his composure for one of the only times in his entire career last week. (laughs) I know he'll be locked as a result, but he still has that same set of receivers, and the Patriots can make things pretty challenging with their better-than-average defense. It's a fairly large number, Mm -hmm. and Kermit and the crew are not what they were, (laughs) Screw it. Chiefs minus eight. I love that. Rams v. Commanders. The Rams are coming off a gut-wrenching loss in OT to the Ravens, but I still think they're playing their guts out. They're still alive for a playoff berth. The Mm. Commanders are clinically dead already. Virtually nothing to play. Well, their jobs, but virtually nothing to like about them. What is the number? What is the play here?
2: The Rams are favored by six and a half. Few worries. They played in Baltimore last weekend, like you mentioned, in overtime. Not good. The ass commanders are coming off a bye. Not good. And the Rams have a Thursday game coming up where they could easily overlook a bad team here. But good coaches know these things, and that's why I'm rolling with Sean McVay's Rams and laying the points. Sorry, Sam Jackson. Sean's offense has been elite since Kyron Williams came back. Only San Francisco has averaged more yards per game. And only Dallas and Miami has averaged more points. That was such a bad take by Sam. The worst take Great actor, bad take. Outed himself for being an idiot sports fan. Yes. (laughs) Continue. She thought that was funny, too. During that time, Matthew Stafford, a rating of 100 in each of those games, 12 touchdowns, one interception, and two of those uh, defenses they played against were elite in Cleveland and Baltimore. And now they get the Commanders, who rank 32nd in scoring, 32nd in yards per game, and 32nd in yards per pass. I know Sam Howell and the Commanders can chuck it around the yard. And the Rams lack pressure, but I think that 99 guy who that perverted coach in Jacksonville had no idea who he is, can create enough pressure. Rams, sorry, Sam Jackson, minus six and a half.
0: Sorry, Herb the perv. Sorry you didn't know who 99 was. Anyway, I like that Rams energy. And by the same token, I think the commanders are pretty much comatose. Mm -hmm. Somebody's going to walk in that hospital room and rip that plug right out of the wall. They've lost four in a row. They've lost six of their last seven. They have not covered in their last three. Their O-line is porous as hell. Their mm-hmm. coaches have to know their dead staff walking, right? The coaches know it. The players know it. It will be reflected on the field because they all know it. Don't believe me? Ask the Chargers. Rams, minus six and a half. that question. Falcons v. Carolina. (laughs) Somebody has to win that ass division, right? Yes. That ass division is up for grabs. Mm -hmm. Ask me. Not only does our dude, and you and I love Arthur Smith. Love him. Not only does he need to win this game against the hapless Panthers. Mm -hmm. Now, my man's got to cover. Has to cover. Mm -hmm. I'm sure owner Arthur Blanks does not care if they cover or not as long as they win, but I do for a number of reasons. What is the spread? What are you doing here?
2: Going with the fail clowns and laying the three points here. And, yes, love me some angry Arthur, but he doesn't want to lose this game, and either does Desmond Ritter. I don't think he's their starter Desmond's in 20— 20... Desmond's
0: playing better, man. You've got to give this guy more credit than you do.
2: I don't, man. I can't. I, I, I just can't give him that credit. I don't think he's going to be there in 2024, but if he can, uh, can't uh, can beat the Panthers Sunday, I know he's going not be there. It's not his fault they lost last week. He threw for over 300 yards. Yeah, he, he made a stupid play, though, at the end. But anyway,
0: yeah, because you're so smart and you never say stupid things. Never. Let's not Ever. get personal about never. this, head. I'm not. just do the segment.
2: Okay. Uh, Biggest worry here, banged up offensive line. They need to uh, uh, get some guys back, and they might do that. And it's uh, something they would love to do is run the football, obviously, and everybody loves to run the football against the Panthers. And on defense, they won their first matchup by turning the Panthers over three times. They need to focus on stopping a Panthers run game that actually ran for a season-high 204 yards last week against Dennis Allen. He's terrible, too. Make Bryce beat you. God, I want to stick
0: up for Dennis Allen, and I can't.
2: He's just terrible. He's just freaking terrible. Disappointing. Very disappointing. Michael Jr. can't stand him. Uh, Bryce, the first overall pitch, uh, pick in the draft. Dude, has I, not I love thrown. the
0: axes that you have to grind. I don't agree with all of them, but I love that you just oh, have dude, guys. You just... just decide that, man. I love that guy so much. There's like four of them. Or, man, I hate that guy so much. There's like four million of them.
2: It's like rage A to F It's like charming. Yeah, that's
0: kind of what you're known for, head. <laughs> at least at least you're open to changing your mind about these things at least you admit you're wrong sometimes at least you apologize for some of this
2: i do vance joseph, never i apologize vance never. joseph there's one for you, yeah, uh, you bryce
0: by the way you owe that kind of apology i do you were all over that. that dude
2: he's incredible he might even get a head coaching job it uh, listen to uh, you interview. now he might even get a yeah. head coaching i wouldn't job. hire you him you're trying to run but that guy's ass out of the league yeah. like five minutes pitch. ago i know Well, he deserved it. He let 70 points get scored on his defense. All right, continue. uh, Bryce, he hasn't thrown for over 200 yards since the end of October. Keep in mind the one game he didn't play this season, sensitive Andy Dalton threw for 361 yards. Where are you ahead? Alvin? Yeah, I mean, I'm (laughs) (laughs) disappointed in him. I mean, for the integrity of this game, there's a lot of of kids and a lot of people that look up to him. And for him to make comments like that, I mean, he's just showing that, you know, yeah, that's acceptable to, to, to do that kind of stuff and say that kind of Thank stuff. Thank you, Alan. So, I mean, it's disappointing for one of the best players in this league to come out and say something like that. Um, so, you know, that's all I'm going to say about that. I think J.J. is a good player, but for him to be one of the best in this league and to show that integrity and to show that type of, you know, it shows what he's about, which is which is disappointing. Thank you, Andy. Let's go again against How the... How lame worst was that, team. man? That, that, that
0: was literally one of the lamest things ever. I'm not saying that Dalton's lame, but that was one of the lamest things ever. I, I
2: think it's great. You that, just lost your locker room over there. Oh, that
0: was incredible. Yeah. Oh, that just shows what J.J. Watt's all about. What, what, like one of the best players ever? One of the best <laughs> guys ever? One of the greatest players wow. in the
2: history of football? Okay, nice job, Andy. Um, let's Good go take against the worst team in the NFL ATS the Carolina Panthers they are covering 18% this season I can't Fail clowns we're still on the same game go ahead yeah. yeah i know fail clowns minus 3
0: <laughs> this fail is a clown. big Arthur Smith house and unlike you dude i'm i'm trying to ride with Desmond Ritter. I, I think i'm not saying that this dude is the second coming i'm i'm saying he's showing some progress I love Bijan Robinson. Love the him. Falcons losing to the Ass Panthers, though, in that Ass Division with it on the line, would be unfathomable to me. Yeah, not covering is even unfathomable to me. Falcons minus three, nice. all damn day, Arthur. Dude, you're smart as hell. Make me look smart. Get it. All right, head. This one is here's the one: Frisco <laughs> v Arizona. Holy crap, here we are. Here the bleep we are. Here we are yet again. I made an enormous point of saying I have established a new gambling rule. After getting burned repeatedly, I will never lay double-digit points in an NFL game ever again. The number is too high. The league is too unpredictable. Never, ever again. It always bites me in the ass. So I established (laughs) the rule. Etched it into stone. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure I didn't. I broke that same rule five minutes after establishing it and got my ass kicked again. And now we're looking at Frisco. Not only a 12-point hey, favorite, but on the road against Arizona. The hell am I supposed to do with this one? The hell are you going to do with this one? What's up, Ed?
2: I'm going to lay the double-digit figure on the road, the 12, and go fam here. I'm going to do it. Shocker, I know. But uh, riding with the Shanahan family, San no Francisco. Way. Yeah, I know. Shocker. Uh, San Francisco, as we know, has the most explosive offense in football. What are you getting dad right now? for
0: Christmas. Uh, Gouda.
2: Hey, That's actually good. Yeah. I got to think about that. Blood pressure pills. Three. Uh-huh. Yeah. Two. One. Uh, Go love ahead. San Francisco's offense, like we all do. Most explosive in football right now. Going up against a better offense with Call of Duty. See those Tyler, little rubber bands maybe?
0: on his little claws?
2: I know. But I spend a lot of time in Maine, too, so I see him all the time. Okay. Yeah. But uh, oh, Arizona's offense is not very good. It's better, but it's not
0: good. It's better, um, dude. It is it, better. They're two and two since Connor came back.
2: He's the he's the danger, and so is the run game. That's a concern. That's They've right. been able to run the football all season. They've averaged four point three yards per carry. I am dangerous. Um, James Connor can get hot as well. And San Francisco might be without their best interior lineman and in Javon Hargrave. I love that guy, but John Gruden. I don't think it's enough. The Cards' defense is bad. They rank thirtieth in points. Uh, they give up the highest completion percentage in football, and they're facing Big Clock Brock, who has the highest completion percentage in football himself. I feel he feasts, and so does Run CMC. Something tells me Step Bro will be padding them Brother. stats for an MVP bid for both those guys. San Francisco minus 12. You know what? What the hell? <laughs>
0: Welcome to the party, pals. What's going on? A very good Monday to you. My name is Jim Rome. We are coming right down to it. So I'm looking in the back. I see Cindy. I don't see Jack Savage. Jesus Christ. Finally, it happened, Cowboy Nation. Your beloved Cowboys finally beat a good team. Then again, did they really? All of a sudden, now Philly looks broken. Clearly, the talent is not taking over. Yeah! walks to the end zone touchdown cowboys
2: everybody that's in that locker room has been through in their lives i'm not sure i've ever seen such
0: a miserable 10 and 3 team 49 yard touchdown
1: kelsey the
0: old university of
1: cincinnati quarterback number 19 offense lined
0: up who was it on on Kadarius. What do you mean, who was that on? Who else would that have been on? It's a Hall of Fame tie end making a Hall of Fame play. The refs did that not cost you that game. Tony Kaderius did. Temporarily lost, lost his and mind so and thought that he played free safety for Buffalo. And that's why he was lined up halfway down the field. Oh, my goodness. Maybe, what about the ref show?
1: This is on Tony. Best players, you know,
2: we got to control what we can control. And that's definitely something that Tony could have controlled in that situation.
0: The real issue is Matt Magny. is stupid junior varsity... Play calling, Cody. Are you still complaining about Matt Nagy? Dude, he let that go. Touchdown! What a beautiful fake by Flacco. He's elite. This is why Kevin Stefanski could not wait it to name that dude the, the starter for the rest of the season. He set the playbook, he downloads it, and comes out here to throw for three hundred. The guy, Sean I'm Watson's gone, out gone. here <laughs> downloading massage porn <laughs> and throwing for zero.
1: Hi, Jim. I want to be one of the first to wish you and the other people in your family and the big crew behind the glass a safe, happy, healthy Christmas season. What?
0: Keith lost seven hundred million. When he hurt his elbow back in August, they said, you know, he's still going to get paid. He's probably worth it. Just having him on the roster is worth so
2: much to a franchise. The Dodgers may end up making back all or most of his salary before he even plays a game. The Titans offense is as gassy down there as the guy calling the game tonight in Orvaluski. Not good. They ranked 30th in the red zone in offense.
0: The biggest worry for Miami. I'm not even listening to you today, dude. Just do what you're doing. This is stunning. Oh. The Dolphins had not lost at home. How is that anything other than one of the most catastrophic choke jobs by anybody ever? That's like me after a gallon of almonds on this this show. Charles Robin. (laughs) Perform. Will Brinson.
1: You're in a blowout and you're a 14-point favorite. That defense probably has some backups in there. And they're going against the backup quarterback on the other side who's just out there yolo-balling it. 32-yard catch and run. What a throw by DeVito.
0: Even Brian oh, Dable was bragging about the dude's big brass set. Go out
1: there and rip that son of a bitch.
0: Daniel Dimes bitch. went out there and ripped that son of a bitch. Pretty simple.
1: Yvonne, Yvonne, just a couple. See some <laughs> of my difficult scene. He was kind of, you know, my guardian angel on set there.
0: Rashad White. I
1: was arguing with a fan on the sideline. The fan said
2: Atlanta was going to go score on our defense and I was like, it don't matter. And he was point at Baker and I was like it don't matter
0: what, you're still gonna win historical franchise that is the Lakers they are really gonna fly that banner up there
1: you're one banner one banner only and that's NBA titles yeah
0: well apparently not anymore apparently now we've moved on to the oh! standard. Get over
1: standard
0: I'm giving you a middle finger from your mother's bedroom something Well played, Via. But when you did that, the Suns weren't even playing the Warriors. So why not wait? Why not hold that?
2: Open an avenue to some of us clones to maybe email our thoughts about the
0: jungle. I want the book to sell. Why would I include you? I don't want you anywhere near this book. (laughs) (laughs) Bill just picked up his third (laughs) And now Green runs over Nurkic. This dude's already tied his personal record for ejections with three in a season, and we're only 23 games in. Fact is, he's only played 15 of those
1: games. We need Draymond, but poise. He knows that, but boys, Draymond not crossing the line. Boys, What can be done? Poise. And the three of us are sitting around, and at one point, Mickey goes, sh**. I did all this stuff, and I don't remember half of it, but you little shits remember all of it. Fracas, uh, melee, whatever.
0: Ears. You don't need to puke all over the court to make things interesting in December. It doesn't feel like the game ball to me. You just need some legit pettiness, trolling, and beef.
2: My beef is that I'll be a songless. Open the door, get on the floor. I'll be walking the dinosaur. Boom, boom, shaka, cha cha boom
0: Make up your mind. We're the only kooks on the block now, with no lights on, but lights up. Get it together, mother-in-law. Sometimes games like this happen. Look, I understand the charger ownership. does not break dudes off mid-season. They've only done it once. Never mind. I knew this. It's so. This is hilarious.
1: <laughs> well, Jim. Years ago, the odds on parlays were a lot better. Today, it almost created a monopoly. <laughs> Don't forget them, dry. <laughs> Oscar <Shibway's> first NBA, <laughs> official NBA point. There is no poodles and shih tzus, yeah, and yeah. Your palate is saying Sprite, but when you take a sip, it's water. Ready for Kansas City. And we need them. We need Draymond. I'm being dead serious. You <laughs> gotta give uh Chubby Cheeks <laughs> Kellen Moore some blue. the tradition of the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah, is done. done. Please listen carefully as our menu options have changed. Happy holidays to you. Appreciate you I feel you. the it same, is same about so- you, Jim. I feel the same about you, my friend. Good night now. Good night
0: now!